This month in the Hustle Humbly community, we're talking all about working with family. Not just as a real estate business partner or team, but also representing family in their own transactions. Want to hear other community members share their stories and advice? There's still time to join us in the group and participate in the May Live. Head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership to sign up. See you there. And my dog, Dante, ate all of them. Like, destroyed them. And I wanted to say, get out, get out. You don't deserve to be here. It just made me feel like she and I had this connection that was growing in her yard. You have to match it with the architecture and the feel. And Alyssa said, I don't know if I need to be here for this one. Like, I don't have anything to offer. And my kids tease me that I could grow a stick in a bucket, which is kind of true. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Hi, Stacy. Hi, girls. Um, it is episode 227, and today we're going to talk all about plants. One of my favorite things to talk about is plants. Stacy, what I want you to do is tell us who you are, why we're talking to you about this, a little bit of your background would be great, so, so share it all. All right, plant lady. So I am also a plant lady. So I have a background. I had a, a floral shop for five years in a small town and then expanded to doing um, other floral events. Um, I've worked on a farm that grew flowers and I've done events and um, lots of weddings, funerals. I've been at the transition in people's lives, right? So whether it was uh, a gain or a loss, whether it was home coming dance or just uh, just because flowers, you find yourself touching people in emotional ways. And I find that real estate does the same thing. So um, at, at first, when I got my license, um, I thought, well, I don't understand how these two things are going to meld together. But the longer I'm in it, the more I realize there are a lot of similarities, uh, whether it's marketing yourself, because you really are putting yourself out there, um, or just being at those touch points uh, in people's uh, progression to buying a house or selling a house. Yeah. Okay. So, so you yeah. are a realtor. When did you get your license? I got my license two and a half years ago. So, um, but I was still working full time. I was the director at our chamber of commerce here. So I was doing that for, <laughs> for a couple of years. So my first year in real estate, it was just sort of, um, getting to know the industry a little bit. And, um, of course, connecting with our community too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but I still do floral. I've been doing, um, as the holidays come up, people want to, um, do more decorating in their home using floral. So I have a couple wreath workshops coming up, uh, one at a competitive real estate group that called me and said, can we do this with our agents as a connecting point with them? I said, Absolutely. Um, we've done the uh, pumpkin succulents. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've yeah. Done a couple of those and give those ways gifts. And so mm -hmm. my hands are still all in it. I, you never, it never goes away. So what made you want to get your real estate license? That's a great question. I'm still asking myself. No. Yeah, right. Why did I do this? I what? <laughs> so actually, um, it's been a family business. My brother's an agent. My mom was in construction. My dad was an architect builder. So I really grew up around it. So I knew that it was going to be an eventuality. So here we are. The time came and it was time to get off standing on my feet for 10 or 12 hours doing events. And it's hot. floral is beautiful. It is a a lot of physical work and mm -hmm. you just sort of get to a point where you need to change it up a little bit so mm -hmm. people yeah. see the end result a lot like real estate you see the end result of sold right but you don't see all the sweat blood tears so many tears mm -hmm. of they getting there it. yeah okay florals like that excuse me i come from a long line of florists strangely enough um, even Jay's has like his grandmother was a florist. My grandmother was a florist on my dad's side, and my mom's grandmother was a florist. Um, so on both sides, I feel like I have floral background. I did not know it's this. in your blood. 
It's in my blood. And it's so strange because I just grew up in a place where people knew, like my parents, obviously my grandparents, they all knew the names to all the plants. They were all gardeners. You know, my dad had this huge garden whenever I was like three years old, apparently, that was like 200 tomato plants. Like just his own garden was like out of control. So I've just always grown up near um, people who loved horticulture, who were into it, who were either like as a profession or just as something that they love. And so it's not weird to me to know the names of plants. Like I walk by and I know what it is and I like love and appreciate plants. And and you and I just started talking about this because I sent one email to the list about being a realtor plant lady. And sometimes I will hashtag my post that way because I feel like I am a realtor plant lady. And I am not a green thumb by any stretch. I'm not like everything I grow is going to be beautiful and wonderful, but I love it and I appreciate it so much. <clears throat> so I'm really excited to have you here to kind of talk to us about how do how can you be a realtor plant lady? Like, what does that even mean? Like, it does make sense. It makes sense to apply it to your business. And Alyssa said, I don't know if I need to be here for this one. Like, I don't have anything to offer. And I'm like, that's not true because Alyssa has taken plants as gifts from her clients or from like listings and they all had names. And until, tell her what happened to all the plants with all the names. I was just given plants for different occasions and I would just name them after whoever gave them to me. So I had like, the plant from my grandfather's funeral that was John and he sat with Laurie and like the plants had names based on where they came from and they were really like I don't have a green thumb either and it was just a lot of pressure to keep them all thriving and I had them under my back patio and I moved them all so that we could power wash mm-hmm. and my dog Dante ate all of them like destroyed them, dragged them around the yard. I didn't find a single one. And it was a very sad day, but I felt a little bit relieved. <laughs> like I was like, the 10 year journey is over. You're <laughs> off the hook now. You're not responsible anymore for keeping these, these things alive. And yeah, I, I love that, that you named them really- after. Yes. Yes. I love that you name them after the people. That is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because who needs the Latin name? Like no. only if you're talking to another horticulture nerd, does that make any sense at all? Okay. No, they all had names. Okay. So tell us, you tried to resist being a realtor plant lady. You were like, I'll just be a realtor, not right. a realtor plant lady. But but now you're embracing it. So in what ways are you embracing it? Do you find in your current real estate business? So that's a great conversation piece. So um, we just went to uh, do a couple of open houses and my broker um, suggested that they put some flowers out front and it made such a huge impact of walking up to their house to see fresh potted mums, you know, for the season. So just encouraging our clients to utilize plants and flowers, even if they don't like them, they only have to keep them alive for a short period of time. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, that's definitely a way to incorporate it. And just using the marketing skills and the people skills that I learned doing floral. Um, And I find that when you say give somebody a plant or or if you're not a plant person, cut flowers are perfect because you only have to keep that in water for a week and then it can go away and you're guilt free. So you don't have to, you can name it if you want, but you don't have to keep them alive. And, um, I think when you give somebody that gift, uh, it, it feels very heartfelt as opposed, there's no calories to it, right? We don't have to worry if it fits, right? Are they, is it gluten-free? Is it, you know, um, are they on a sugar-free diet? We don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, it, you just have to uh, maybe know what their taste is, but they rather have a plant or a flower. So I think by getting to know your clients, a little bit by sitting down and saying, you know, what do you like? If you know that they're a plant person, now you can have that conversation with them when they go to stage their home or make it look really great in photos or for that uh, open house or showings. Okay, how do we utilize instead of having them spread all over the house? Let's let's gather them together and make a presentation or highlight this part of your home. And so I think there's a lot of ways we can put those two things together. 
What? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. What are some of the specific ways? Like if you were doing an open house or if you were getting your house ready using staging, what are some specific kind of instances in which you could apply using a plant for that? Right. So if we're talking about, say, house plants, so creating a focal point, if you have like maybe you have a beautiful kitchen window or a bay window and rather than just having a few things in that bay window or things that don't really belong, stage your plants there um, to draw the eye. When somebody comes in, that's where they're going to go is where those plants are. We're just that way naturally as humans. We're going to look for things that um, ground us. There's a lot of conversation about grounding and earthing and all those things. We do it without even thinking about it. So if there's a portion of the home that needs, uh, maybe needs to be, I won't say masked, but maybe needs to, uh, maybe there's not a way to improve it because that's where the radiator is or a plumbing thing. And you're not going to be able to tear that off or down or whatever. But if you can stage some plants or flowers around the area to kind of dry your eye to a different thing, a different part of it, then you can maybe hide the, you know, where the dog scratched the wall or whatever thing. Yeah, I always love when I'm going for the pre photo appointment and they have some plants that we can use and sometimes we'll move them around just to be best for the photo but yeah any photo that has a live plant in it whether it's green or a flower like it just makes the whole room sort of pop yeah it gives it a warmth and a dimension and a depth that you because sometimes Real estate photos can look a little flat, but when you can add an element, especially if you can change the height of them, maybe some things are on a pedestal, some things are, uh, you know, you put them on a cake plate or um, put them in some fun containers. They don't have to be in nursery pots. They could be popped into a soup tureen or, you know, um, a bucket of some sort or something that reflects the architecture of the home. And now you've created a focal point, uh, something interesting to look at that reflects the feel of the house too. I think that's important. You have to know that you have to match it with the architecture and the feel. If, if you have a contemporary home, you probably don't want a big blooming something. You want something very simple. And um, I know you like to use simple leaves, the uh, three in a, in a jar or whatever. That looks great in a contemporary home with clean mid-century modern lines, Ooh. but it would look, it would be gone if you put that in a home that was maybe built in the early 2000s and had that Tuscany feel to it. Then you want something kind of opulent and big and, you know, muted yeah. colors. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So I had a client, this particular time comes to my mind, They their house was redone. They were like, it's all been redone, but it was redone in the early 2000s. So the house itself was built, let's say in the eighties, but it was redone. Like it, it was repainted. It was redone. Like, but it was redone almost 20 years ago. That's not redone anymore. Now we just need to do it again. So it had, you know, tan walls and that whole vibe, which didn't even really, it wasn't in keeping with the original construction either. So they went in and painted like a nice clean alabaster. You know, my friend Sherwin Williams alabaster. And especially in my dining room, you walked in the front door and it was so clean and beautiful. And they took down all of their extra art and left it the one big piece. And sweet, sweet sellers. They're always trying to help. They went to the grocery store and they got some flowers. They were flowers. I did air quotes because to me, they were flowers um, from the grocery store. And they put them on the dining room table. And it was like um, the moms that when they put them into the dyed water, they turn all the colors. And I oh no, hate nothing. And my other pain point, baby's breath. Okay. So it was baby's breath and these fake colored moms. And I looked at this room that they had done all this work to do the staging and redo. Right. And I'm like, it looks beautiful. I'm like, this has to go. And I just was like, I'm not afraid. I pulled it and I put that, you know, my leaves because I want my leaves there. Right. It looks like a completely, like when you're trying to update a space like that, I can't have 1980s baby's breath and fake colored moms, but that I notice, and then you put the leaves, and all of a sudden, it's like I can see this house in 2020. You know, it's so fresh. It really makes a big. It's not just that you have to have plants or flowers. I do think you have to have the right plants or flowers for that space. Mm-hmm. You do. And first of all, nobody should ever be buying dyed flowers for any reason whatsoever. If those, no, there's nothing inspiring about that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I really. 
I'm really a proponent of make friends with your local florist and, and tell them what you're looking for and let them design something for you. Even take photos of your room and show them, okay, this is my space. This is what we're trying to do. I need something low and, you know, um, something that's going to blend in but create some warmth. Or I need something that's going to be bright and bring focal point to this all-white kitchen. Um, and let them help you figure that out. And a good florist will help you do that. Yeah. Um, DIY isn't always a good thing. (laughs) What I think is nice too about the leaves as opposed to getting cut flowers, they last so much longer Mm -hmm. in the water. So if I have a client who's still living there or even in a vacant house, I've done this. It doesn't need any maintenance. You don't even really need to change out the water. It's not like it's going to get moldy and gross and all the petals are going to fall off next week. There's I've had like philodendron leaves, I am not exaggerating, lived six to eight weeks in a vase of water. Like I went and picked them up and they were still green. So I'll tell my, like I've had single fella clients who they're like, no, Lana, I don't know what to do. I'm like, this is in water. Don't touch it. Just leave it. It's going to be fine. If it turns yellow or brown, throw it away and we're fine. Uh, But it's funny that that stuff lasts so long and it's so easy to do. Like I planted that plant in my yard because I knew I was going to cut it. So that's where I get my cuttings from the plant in my yard for your listings. For my listings. That's right. So as an agent, you can also plant some of these things in your yard. So you have cuttings to provide to your clients. I need to do that. I have one client who still calls me. He's like, Hey, do you have any leaves right now? Like she wants, she's having a party. I'm like, sure. I'll bring them over. Like no problem. This is how I walk through people's yards. I'm like, ooh, look what they've got. I wonder if they'll let me grab some of that coleus or whatever. Why not? Okay, talk to me a little bit about curb appeal. It's such like a, you know, that's that go-to thing that people say when they think about getting their house ready. Let's talk about curb appeal. Can you talk about landscaping, though, and, and what we need to look at and what are some things you can do to really affect your curb appeal as far as plants go? Sure. Well, obviously having a clean yard is a big thing, right? Put some new, we call it bark dust here. I know it's different terms in different parts of the country. (laughs) What do you guys call it? I love that. Just mulch or like mulch. Yeah, mulch. Yeah. Pine bark, but I've never. Yeah. A couple bags of that can make a huge difference on what your yard looks like. Um, Our brokerage is, um, we require people to get a new welcome mat. Like take that old ratty welcome mat off your porch, throw it away because it's gross and get something fresh and clean and nice because that's going to create. When you create those environments, that curb appeal, it tells a potential seller that you've taken care of that house. I mean, a potential buyer that you've taken care of the house, that you care about how things have been done and they, it calms them down, I think. Um, make sure, you know, make sure any of the trees or shrubs are trimmed nicely. You don't have like dead hanging branches off of something. Um, get some seasonal potted plants. You can even, if it's the right time of year and depending on where you live, you can get a hanging basket, dig a hole and put it in your yard. And suddenly you have this really impressive looking piece of landscaping rather than hanging it and if you have hanging baskets that don't look 100 percent, please remove those there's there's you're not doing anybody any favors looking at a half dead hanging basket just yeah um low maintenance because you have a lot going on if you're trying to sell your house so don't get something that's going to require just a lot of upkeep and you can even stage nursery pots if you go to your nursery and you buy things in the say gallon pots you just drop those into a into a um a regular you don't have to plant it you can just drop it into a inexpensive nursery pot or even wrap it in like cute burlap something that's you know um going to withstand the weather a little bit and um create a a welcoming viewpoint to your home but mostly clean up your yard yeah i feel like less is more with landscape is a lot of Mm -hmm. times the case because the seller Mm -hmm. hasn't thought about how overgrown these things are they just are like there to them you know they don't pay much attention and all of a sudden you're like well i can't see the window or i can't see the door we can't even see the features of the house. These people aren't here to buy your landscape. I mean, they are buying your landscaping, but they need to see the actual house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they get afraid that they're going to have to add. 
And I will say one of my favorites, now I'm going to call it um, bark dust from bark now dust. on. One of my favorite tips is like sometimes you just remove the stuff and like leave it plain with your bark dust. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's all you need. Or you put three little sprigs of the little grasses or something. Like it doesn't have to be... The more plants that are in there, if they're not a green thumb, the more overwhelmed I think a seller can get. I mean, a buyer can get to where they're like, I don't, I don't think I can handle this house because I don't want to weed this flower bed, or mm-hmm. I can't take care of all these different interesting plants. Like that's overwhelming to me as a buyer. So I think less is more is a good outdoor landscape tip. And like this is what my old stager used to say. She's like, if the plants are dead or like maybe they're going to come back in a year or two or whatever. Like if they don't look good, she's like, it's just like the, at the sorority party. That look good today. It doesn't matter if you're going to look good later. We're not letting you in unless you look good today. So she's like the plants that are half dead have to go. They got to go. They're just, yeah, they're just a plant. And we do put emotions on our plants and flowers, but it, they are all replaceable, all of them. So yeah, the, I learned that that was probably, week one as a florist because I wanted to resurrect everything you know and my kids teased me that I could grow a stick in a bucket which is kind of true (laughs) and my daughter admits that she can kill a a fake plant so Mm -hmm. you know why pressure her to grow something she's not gonna be happy with but just you know maybe even just some boulders and and bark dust it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a plant but i would say if you're going to put fresh plants in to freshen up a flower bed or something make sure that they again go with the architecture of your house so that they reflect that so they look like they belong there and don't um don't put them in as little independent soldiers like group them in groups they're going to look much better in a group of three rather than three plants you know a foot apart that looks so um Especially if they're just an annual. Your rules of decorating inside. Like you want like groups of three when you decorate whatever on your tabletop. Okay. Right. Right. While we're on the emotional part of plants, can you talk about what are the options for sellers who are attached to their plants and they're trying to sell their home? Been there, done that. The last house uh, that we sold, I lived in Portland and I worked so hard on the garden and I inherited a beautiful yard from Gardner. So, you know, I felt very attached to it. And then we moved and I had probably 15 rose bushes in the front and um, took just so much care of those roses. And I asked the buyers, if you don't want those, let me know. I'll come dig them up and take them out. And they said, okay, well, of course they didn't. And two years later, when I drove by, they were all gone. So number one, don't ever drive by your old house if you're t- attached to the landscaping because oh, it'll break your heart. It will. Just don't do it. And uh, so take some pictures of the landscaping that you like so that you can recreate it in your next place. Um, take cuttings if that's something you're comfortable with or um, at least find out what plants they are so you can go to the nursery and replace them. And, um, and if you need to, Ask if you can make it part of your contract to dig that up and take them with you. Mm-hmm. If it's something really, you know, it came from your grandmother's garden. She's gone now. You need to take that with you. In my husband's first house, like he bought it before I knew him. But his mom came and just put like rose bushes in the front because there was nothing. And every now and then she would come like trim them or fertilize them. But I mean, I don't even know if he knew she was doing that. <laughs> and um, and then like we met and got married and we lived there. And we've been out of that house for probably 10 years now. And I drove by it the other day and the whole house looks terrible except those rose bushes. Oh, they're they just, survive. they're thriving in this. And I was like, that is so fun. That is fun. That was fun. Cause those are kind of high maintenance plants. We um, live in an area where um, I planted some lilacs when we built a house and they were just really small. And so now it's been, 20 years right so my friend and I went to the lilac festival and saw all the beautiful lilacs and I said oh let's drive by my old house and see if they're blooming they must be huge by now so nobody was home so we pull in the driveway and we're walking around I'm checking out the landscaping that I did and here comes the homeowner who doesn't know me from anybody and and I'm over there snooping in the landscaping and I introduced myself and I said I put in the landscaping which probably cursed me because it was it was a lot I went it was a lot. And I said, I just wanted to come check and see if these lilacs were blooming and how they're doing. And she goes, the what? And I said, this hedge of lilacs over here. And she goes, I don't even know what that is. And I wanted to say, get out, get out. You don't deserve to be here. 
were they still there? Yeah, they were still there. They were blooming. They looked beautiful. But, you know, you did kind of take ownership. So it's, you kind of do. If you're a landscape nerd, you sort of take ownership. But it's okay to recreate it in your next place or... Okay, another funny story. We moved from kind of a farmish sort of house to um, a house with nice gardens. But in the farmhouse, uh, we had goats and chickens. So I had awesome compost. Awesome. And I made my husband bag up the compost and take it with us. What? <laughs> He's like, I am not bagging up. I go, yeah, we're taking this with us. We're taking the compost with us. not remain with us. She was like, I'll take this compost. I'm taking that. I'm going to need it for the next garden. For sure. I gave a gift to one of my clients. It was a Vitex, and it was about, I don't know, two feet tall. I got it at the nursery in like maybe a, a three-gallon pot. I don't know if it was $25 at best. Right. Six years later, this plant she put in her yard that I gave her at closing. I knew she liked plants, so it was appropriate for her. I didn't always give plants, but it was right for her. Yeah. It was like eight feet tall. It was blooming. Nice. Sent me a picture. I'm like, it's only been like six years, like five or six years. It just made me feel like she and I had this connection that was growing in her yard that yeah. Yeah. time. And every time she looked at it, she like she thought to send me a picture of it. She was like, look at it now. Isn't that the the ultimate marketing technique is somebody looks in the yard and goes, oh, remember when I got that? And you know what? She did do a good job for me. And I have a friend who's going to sell their house. I should give her a call. Yeah, so I want you to talk to us about gifting. Where can we use plants in our gifting in our business? Um, I think everybody that touches a transaction is deserving of something. So whether it's a little, I mean, succulents are pretty much a no-care plant. They're very popular right now. Um, again, non-caloric, and we don't have to worry about it being gluten-free or whatever. But I, I think... Um, escrow officers, a lender, um, the person on the other side of that transaction, for sure, the other agent on the other side, if they did a good job with you and you feel, I think even sending something to the person that bought the house that your seller sold, if that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. And you can do that long distance. You don't have, it doesn't have to be in your own town. You can call a florist. And if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of go through that process of how to find a reputable florist in a town that you're not familiar with because there is an art to it, kind of like finding a good realtor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to because it's, yeah. So if you type in, say you want to sell, say, say you want to send flowers to somebody in Portland, Oregon from Louisiana, you don't. You probably don't know anybody doing flowers in Portland. So you go into your search and you type in flowers, Portland, Oregon. And the first probably eight to ten listings that are going to come up are going to be wire service ads. If it has the little box that says ad on it, scroll right by those. Because you don't want to deal with the wire service people. These are people that are taking, if it sounds like a call center, when you call the florist, hang up the phone and keep going down your list. When you get to the part where there's a map, and with tags and pins in it, of that's where you want to go. So then you start making the phone calls and you say, do you serve this zip code? Do you serve this? Do you, can you deliver to this area? And they say yes or no. Um, and then just let the say, I want designer's choice. They may have a website that has flowers on it, but they may not have all of those in stock that day. And if you say designer's choice and kind of what you're looking for, like I need something low and small to go on a desk. Or I need something big and audacious to impress somebody. Or I need a plant. Um, they're going to get the freshest of whatever's in their shop. And say, use whatever's in season and leave it up to the designer. And try not to micromanage that unless there's something really special you want to put in there. And you can even think outside the box and say, can you send a hanging fuchsia basket? Or a, you know, a blooming gardenia? Or something that's you know that you're receiver is going to really like and then I would also ask them to handwrite a note from you rather than type it out it's much more personal to have a handwritten card um ask them for a picture if they do that a lot of florists will send you a picture of what they're sending out the door to your client so you know and then and then go back and thank the florist for you know 
um, helping you get that message across. But when you send flowers or a plant or something really fantastic to somebody who's working in an office and it shows up at their desk, now now they've got the attention of everybody in their office. Ooh, who sent you that? How did you get that? What did you do for that person? And they started a whole conversation about your job and what a great job you did for somebody and how much they appreciated it. That's very smart. Mm-hmm. Send the flowers to the work. Yeah. Send flowers to work. Yep. That's mm-hmm. how florists get through Valentine's Day. Send yeah. it to work because now you look like, wow, mm-hmm. I want to work with them if they're sending flowers and chocolates mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's right. usually little add-ons at a floral shop. Do you have a little gem or a little gift or a little chocolate? But they, I guarantee they have something they can add on to that if you want it. Oh, that's interesting. And the other idea I had, if you're working with a local florist in your town, which I think is a really good idea, you can create some, your own little branding, whether you buy little inexpensive pots at the dollar store and you put your sticker with your logo on it or a pick with your logo on it and you take them into the florist and say, can you use this container or add this pick? Now you've got marketing going with your floral or plant. Oh, great idea. I didn't even know that you could bring in your own container to your florist. Absolutely. Hey friend, if you're an Email Templates 101 owner, be sure to log in and check out the 2024 updates and brand new templates in your course. You'll find a new active listing seller check-in template as well as a new offer delivery template for your sellers, plus lots of fine tuning to the other existing templates. Don't have Email Templates 101 yet? Grab yours now at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses. Yeah. So one of my clients um, was a nurse and mm-hmm. left to be to open a flower shop. Oh, and I, like I didn't fully understand what went into that when she was first telling me about it. And when I went to her house that we were getting ready to list, I saw that the kitchen looked like she had been doing some flower arrangements, some clippings and the windowsills and things like that. But she was like, you knew that I was, did, you, did I tell you I was doing this? And I was like, no. And I, I don't know, I guess maybe it was like a side hobby thing. And she's like, oh, well, come look out here. And she had a whole shop in her backyard and you walk in and it was just like flowers and, and all of her stuff. And she likes to get everything local and she's really firm believer in, you know, using sustainable products and love it. Things like that. And so um, she has since just totally exploded in our market. And the sororities used her for bid day and she's doing these huge projects. And I have just loved watching her and I have learned so much about what goes into it and how you think just like people think, oh, real estate is so fun and easy. You just look at pretty houses all day. Oh, being a florist is so fun and easy. You just look at pretty flowers all day. And it's like to see the things that she goes through and like keeping the flowers thriving for the big day. And oh, yeah. where you order them from, like yeah. they're real products. Maybe they run out or it was a bad year. There was a drought, you know, but I've just yeah. learned so much about it. It's so interesting. What is her business called? Forage. Okay, I thought, and she has like a weekly delivery service. She does. Nice. So one of the things that I got very involved with, um, especially when I worked on the tulip farm, was promoting um, locally grown flowers. Because 85% of our roses specifically, but all flowers, come from South America. And we don't realize that they're probably a month old by the time they hit your flower shop. Whereas if you can buy something that's grown in your area, it's, it's going to adapt better, especially a plant. It's going to adapt better to your atmosphere, but you're supporting local growers. That's a really important thing too. Um, There's a whole movement called slow flowers and it's all about sourcing, uh, sourcing in your area, what's available. And that's hard to do. It is. You may not have all the selection that you want. You know, you may not have, you know, pink roses available, but maybe you've got pink dahlias that are going to be around or mm-hmm. so find your local growers also. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good tip. We always feel like partnering with a local business is a good idea for your business because usually those 
relationships end up reciprocal. I mean, I've never seen another local realtor sending out branded flower pots straight from the for from straight from the local forest. Yeah. Like, no, never. Um, I also have seen people do like pot buy with plants. Like if you were gonna do like a large scale something like that, do you is it still I guess affordable to use a florist to help you with that? Would you recommend like that's still the route you would go, right? Well, I would probably go to a nursery instead. If yeah, and hit whatever's again seasonal. So right now you could get um, you know, four inch mums or or even just gourds and pumpkins, whatever, and put them in a cute container. That's affordable. Um, I did one in the springtime where I bought, you know, six packs of of pansies and transplanted them in inexpensive little containers. And I, I'm pretty creative with my containers. I actually um I took the berry containers, you know the like cardboard berry pot things that you get your strawberries in, and they were still pretty clean. So then I mod podge them and and waterproofed them and they became really cute little containers anyway. So think think outside the box for containers, especially if you're trying to keep it affordable. But um yeah, so I did little pot buys. I put a um postcard in there cuz I was new and just wanted people to know that I was, you know, transitioning from being the the director at the chamber to going into real estate and just said, you know, let me help you grow or thanks for helping me bloom. I did a, a lot of thank yous for people that I'd worked with at the chamber, like people at the bank and businesses around. And so, yeah, um, I would say not just your florist, but your local nurseries are a good resource for you too. So we have a, a new nursery out here and they partnered with one of our uh, realtors for our um, Halloween event and we have an abandoned saloon that really is rough on the front so they went to the nursery and said you know here's a chunk of change will you go decorate it for us for halloween because we're going to put our booth there so they put up corn stalks and pumpkins and bows and it looks amazing and it was a great collaboration between the real estate office and our our new nursery in town mm-hmm. yeah good collaboration on that one yeah. Okay. I want you to talk to me a little bit about how what's happening outside impacts a neighborhood or a market or like the value of properties because you had some interesting points when we talked via email that I was like, oh, wow. I never, I mean, really gave much thought to it. But like, what are some outdoor landscaping as features that change property value like in an area? Right. So um, obviously what your neighbor's yard looks like can impact what your yard looks like, right? So if there's a way that you could kindly go talk to your neighbor and say, hey, we're going to put our house on the market, you know, can you help us kind of, I'll even pay for having a landscaper come in and just clean up your yard for you if you don't have time or, you know, sometimes people just don't, can't get to it for whatever reason. So definitely what the neighborhood looks like can make a difference on how your house looks because people don't always want to move next to the guy who's not weeding and now it's all in your yard, right? Or pests or disease or whatever. So I think that's going to be sort of a critical conversation to have with your neighbors. But, you know, having um, community gardens available, maybe you're buying a townhouse that doesn't have a big plot of land, but there's a community garden around the corner that you can use a, a raised bed and raise your tomatoes for fresh produce or um, a garden club that you can become a part of to uh, expand your exposure to plants and flowers. Um, Parks always, always make a neighborhood look better. A well-kept park for sure. And even just, uh, just kind of the overall feel of the entire region. You know, there are some old neighborhoods with big old trees that create these beautiful canopies as you drive down the street, right? So all of those things, is that where you live? No, I don't love that. Awesome. obsessed with the trees. She, yeah. She's a tree person. Yeah, more than oh. a person. She's obsessed yeah. with trees. It is actually part of her, like, brand, her personal brand is, is with the tree. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you create whole, whole environments by using, uh, I mean, a birch tree is going to feel a lot different than a blooming magnolia tree or, yeah. You know, the book, when you give a mouse a cookie, it needs, it needs oh, yeah. on and on and on. Oh, yeah. 
So in my backyard, I have like an acre and a half and it just goes straight back. But in the very middle of it was this huge pecan tree that was old. It had been there a long time. They had, the previous, the builder of the house had put like railroad beams around it and made like a flower bed around it. And it was really pretty. Um, but we've been there for about seven years now and it got hit by lightning and it just didn't live. The tree did not make it. And so I had to remove the tree and I thought it looks like there's now just this empty, I mean, there's flowers and a blueberry bush in the landscaping square, but Mm -hmm. the tree is not there anymore. So I was just going to put a tree back where a tree was and then the guy was like well you really want to put the tree over here in the right corner and you want to plant in two or three so your back right corner would have these three trees I'm like but then I have to I still have this flower bed like in the middle of my yard that doesn't have anything and I ended up doing nothing I did nothing because I was like, just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. And I was like, to pick the perfect tree. And everyone was like, well, you would do a live oak because you love the live oaks. And I'm like, but you were like, I won't be alive. I won't be alive. alive Right. Like I'm not going to be doing a live oak because I have to be 200 years old to appreciate it. So That's a long life. My barren yard just has a flower thing right in the middle of it. For no reason. No trees at all. And I'm supposed to be, they were like, you really need to do something in like November, December. That's the best time to plant the trees while everything is dormant. Right. Maybe this episode will like inspire me to go plant a tree. But I'm like, I don't know. Go plant a tree. It really is because you got to look at it. Do you want a blooming tree? Do you want a production tree? So a fruit tree or a nut tree or something that you can eat from? Do you want a shade tree that's going to stay green year round? It's a lot of things to kind of break down. And I feel like I gave them what I liked. Like I said, I wanted something, you know, evergreenish. I didn't want it to be because my pecan tree in the winter, it looked terrible. Every year I thought it had died because it just (laughs) looked terrible. And um, so I I knew I wanted something that at least had some sort of foliage, even in the winter and something a little branchy. And they send me these options and I'm like, "Um, yeah, this just isn't speaking to me at all. And then I'm like, Katie, I love the tree in your front yard. And you're like, oh, it's a elm. Yeah, it's a Drake elm or Chinese elm either way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they get great great colors in the fall, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it'll be there in the winter. I mean, it's not going to keep leaves all year long, but it's beautiful. And the reason why I love that tree so much, because, you know, I built this house. So those trees are only now nine years old. They're huge now. And when I bought them, they were small trees. But that particular style of tree to me is pretty at every age. So it still has kind of like a drapey little canopy. When they were small, they were pretty. And when they were big, they were pretty. Whereas like a live oak, if you get a new baby live oak, it looks ridiculous, like a stick in the ground for like yeah. a, a good decade, years, right? Decades. So right. you kind of have to pick based on like, how long are you going to be in the house too? Like, are you going to be there for 50 years? I don't know. Right. And how deep are the roots going to be? Because, you know, there are trees that you don't want near, say, septic lines or plumbing. Like we uh-huh. actually want a modad. And so we had to look at that. You There's know, a lot of things to consider when you're putting in trees, for sure. It actually reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which is the Chinese proverb, when is the best time to plant a tree? And they were like five years ago. And they're like, when is the second best time to plant a tree today? Right now. Yeah. Like, so um, there's a, I have a client that's buying a beautiful farmhouse and she's got the weeping cherries. I don't know if you have those where you guys live, but they're beautiful in the spring. So um, they're not real tall trees. And I think um, a previous, previous seller had planted them for a wedding in like April. So it gets these beautiful, like almost tissue paper, fluffy pink flowers on them yeah. and they just drape and they're just so, they're so pretty. 
but they're only pretty in April and May and then they're done. But it was funny because the wife said these look pretty when they're draped all the way longer, but my husband's always clipping them off because he can't mow around them. So it was kind of funny, the different opinions about how to grow the tree, but yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I always feel bad when a professional gives me their opinion and I disagree. I'm like, uh, I actually don't like that. And I understand that this tree does this, but I just like it better. I just like it better. I mean, right. Okay. Let's talk about maybe some other options for you and your tree spot. Stacey, share with us some strategies that we can employ to incorporate plants as part of the properties like environmental sustainability. So like what are some things that we can do in our own yard for that purpose? Yeah, that was a really intriguing question. Well, number one, I think when, and this goes back to your tree situation also, is to look at um, what are the microclimates in your yard? What kind of architecture do you have in your home? Because some trees and plants look really goofy Mm -hmm. if you've got an old maybe a you know old established yard and you put some funky monkey puzzle tree I don't know if you guys know what that looks like it's very it's very linear super linear everything else around it is is fluffy yeah it's gonna look really out of sorts um I know I wrote notes on that question because I knew you were gonna ask me so let me look at my notes really quick (laughs) Tell us what a rain garden is, and then we'll and then we'll carry on. A rain garden is um, a place where you can funnel runoff, and so you could create like a creek bed using river rock, um, do a little bridge over the top, or someplace so that you're controlling. Obviously, we have a lot of water issues around here, um, and the farm that I was just talking about did this he built a pond and so all the runoff goes into his pond and then it turns into a creek through the through the landscaping and it looks really really nice so it's a controlled way to handle torrential downpours rather than having it just spread all over your yard and moving all that bark dust you just put down and out your driveway instead of in your right so yeah yeah so by using channels um a lot you can use you know buried gutters or or um concrete block to kind of guide water where you want it to go can help with um, erosion problems or um, landscaping shifts uh, you know so it's not moving up rock light white rate rock or or um, bark dust throughout your whole yard and um, and creating and putting plants in that like to be wet Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Like, don't put really something. Like, in yeah. the I love. I. Yeah. I did that, and then I planted um, Irish and span uh, Scottish moss in with the because it really likes to be wet. And I also planted a. Um, it's a curly. Oh darn it! I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's a really cool, twisted, curly, um, kind of fern-looking thing that loves wet. So it's important to know. I think the first year you live in a house, don't plant anything. Just see what grows and see what naturally happens there. If it's real moist and wet, okay. So now I know that's where all the ferns and the hydrangeas and the things that like the water are going to go. And I've got an area over here that's a lot more dry because it gets all that sun on that side. I'm not going to put my fuchsias over there because they're never going to last. So it's important to kind of understand how the sun revolves around your yard, where the microclimates are, how the water runs through your yard. Um, you know. So I live between Portland and Seattle, but halfway to the beach. So we tease that moss is our um, national, or is our state flower here because it's everywhere. Yeah, and and water is is our biggest issue out here. So, but I'm on the Columbia River. I mean, the view out my window is amazing, and um, yeah, it's an amazing place to live. And this fall has been particularly gorgeous with our trees because sometimes we get a cold snap and then all the leaves fall off and we don't really get a fall but this year's been more temperate so the leaves are just beautiful do y'all have issues with houses flooding yeah oh yeah here's what happens when we do a home inspection guarantee these two things it doesn't matter even how old your house is there's going to be water under the house and the vapor barrier needs to be replaced Mm-hmm. Almost always. Yeah. And there's something going on in the attic somewhere. There's moisture in the attic from whatever. Those two yeah. things guaranteed are going to show up always yeah. on an inspection. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had this. So you don't want to have landscaping next to your house. You don't want it to, you don't want it to draw water close to your foundation. You don't want the roots to go underneath your foundation. Um, you don't uh, want, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a client whose roots from their crepe myrtle went into their sewer line. <sighs> from a crepe it's myrtle. Really, they were like 20 year old crepe myrtles. They were those big, their trunks were big and thick. Yeah. Wow. And they were right next to the house. Like, right. That's the other problem. When things are little and people plant them in their flower bed, they're like, oh, it's so little. I'll put it one foot away from the house. And then all of a sudden it's enormous. Mm-hmm. You're having to like chop it down because there's no other way. Yep. Like read what the plants tell you to do. It says how big the span is and like how far away it should be planted from another plant. And I know it looks weird when it's little, but when it gets full grown, then it looks right yeah. like it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you don't have branches hanging over your gutters or your roof and you got to get up there and get them out of the way. And now you got like a half a tree because you had to cut it and that looks even weirder. So yeah. it's, it is important when you're landscaping to figure out someday this is going to look like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Uh, in that way, I think landscaping is a lot like real estate. You're like, I'm working, I'm cultivating. You know, Brian Buffini would use all of those planting metaphors about sowing seeds and, you know, it takes time and not all the seeds bloom, but you have to sow a lot of seeds, right? And I love and this. Grow, right? But, but landscape and real estate, they have a lot in common. You have to be patient and you have to like keep following your process and doing the right thing, right? Like keep watering it and keep mm-hmm. like, you know, going through the whole, like, uh, pretty pretty close correlation there. Yeah, I used to work on a bulb farm, and so it would um, it was tulips, and it would they would be gorgeous in the spring, and people would come and say, "I want to buy my bulbs now." And well, they're not ready to fall; they have to go through a particular process in order to bloom. And I feel like real estate is I feel like life is very much that way. So, in order yeah. for a tulip to bloom, first of all, everything it needs. Yeah is in the bulb so it doesn't need a lot of outside influence but what it does need is stress it needs to be cold and it needs to be in the dark for at least two months it has to be at freezing temperatures so like where you guys live you'd have to put them in the refrigerator for two months before you plant them and then you plant them in the fall and then you don't see them until spring right and then you kind of forget where you put them and then all of a sudden march comes and you see these little leaves popping up and you're like oh my goodness that's right i put these tulips in here yeah real estate's very much like that you plant and then you wait (laughs) and then you oh yeah i did call that he did call me a few months ago and talk about i guess he's ready now yeah what does new orleans do at city park the tulips, um, do they have like a festival? Yeah. And it's, mm. it's as far as you can see tulips oh. everywhere. Thousands of tulips in New Orleans. So nice. they know how they do it. By the botanical garden. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love a botanical garden. That's one of my favorite things to do. Absolutely. We went to the zoo in Naples, Florida, and the zoo was on the site of a previous botanical garden. You've never seen a more beautiful zoo in your life. Like, like, forget the animals. I want to see all the plants. The plants. They were just so amazing. And I think that when you go outside, especially if you're working indoors a lot, when you go outside and appreciate and just look and take a walk and smell the fly, like just be out in the fresh air and look at the plants. You really do feel better. I mean, is this what they are talking about when they say yeah. rolling, Stacey? Like, yeah. Yeah. There's actually a whole, um, there's a whole study of horticulture psychology and, um, our, some of our hospitals around here actually use it as a therapy for people to go out and touch and smell because it's not just sight. It's also what they smell like. Like, I don't know if you can see this. Okay. So I don't know. Okay. So I went outside. I don't have a lot blooming right now, but I have stock, which is one of my very, very favorite flowers because it smells so good. And alyssum. And, um, it's, it's the fragrance that kind of makes my brain come work better she says stumbling over her words but you know flowers and plants and things they they encourage our creativity they reduce anxiety they calm us down they can um help us deal with some emotion they 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 ground there really is a grounding to it we should be giving plants to all of our sellers we should be they need like really yeah for sure 
Yeah. Well, and even um, even a new buyer. So they're in a house and now they're surrounded by cardboard boxes that are all one color and they can't find their toothbrush or their favorite coffee mug. And they're uh, eventually they're going to get it all unpacked, but not right now. But now you've got a bright, sunny flower arrangement. They're like, oh, somebody cared. And there's yeah. something bright to look at besides the U-Haul boxes that are everywhere in my house mm-hmm. right now. And if I have to look at another roll of tape, packing tape, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose it. So, yeah, just having something else to remind you that there's life outside of this move can be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. I love that. This was great. I do have pretty grocery store flowers. I meant to set up, like, a bunch of flowers here. I know. <laughs> hardware on. Look, look at those. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. They're nice and open. Those last yeah. forever. Those are Australmerias. Yes, yeah, so pretty. Last time mm-hmm. my best friend brought them to me. She said these will last nice. forever. I said thank you. They and do. I put them on my desk. Yeah. Um, and do they make you feel forward. different? I mean, how does that change your mentality? You cannot look at a flower and not feel happier. Like you just, I don't know if that's even possible. And I will tell you, the best gift that Jay ever gave me for Christmas was flowers for a year. He committed to giving me flowers one year and sometimes they were from the grocery store and sometimes they were you know nice but like for a whole year wow that is a beautiful gift and it was such it was like the best thing I'm like you can never you can never top this but unless you gave me another year of flowers like there's nothing you could do so my favorite um so I like to do classes too I love I love consumer education in any way shape or form I actually taught used to teach childbirth classes before I was a florist so I'm all about education and I've taught art classes and whatever but um one of my favorite things to do on Valentine's Day is to get the boyfriends and the husbands involved and I'll just bring buckets of loose flowers and show them how to make an arrangement and then they take those flowers home and go not only did I get you flowers for Valentine's Day but I made them with my own little hands yeah that's a that's a double win you can't lose on that one yeah, you really that's yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay, Stacy, do you have any parting words? Anything we didn't get to that you really want to say about the topic? Well, we talked about ordering flowers, which was that's a big thing for me. Um, let's see. I think we talked quite a bit about the landscape, and I appreciate that. Um, let's see. Oh, she's got her notes. Look, yeah, I know. I sat last night while my husband set up this whole sound system over here. You and, have um, notes of any guests we have ever um, had. <laughs> these were great. They were great. I was like, wow, uh, we could write a book with these notes. I know. We've got podcasts for days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just, um, you know, don't be afraid to use plants and flowers in your staging and as you're getting ready for photos and stuff. I do want to tell two, two little things. So we did um, two um, open houses last weekend, and one of them was this beautiful cabin on the river, but everything was green because we're in the Pacific Northwest. So it was green ivy around green trees with the green grass and the green, everything was green. Even the house was green. So you really didn't see anything, but they had put pumpkins and bright yellow mums down the path to the house. So it really brightened things up because everything was under this canopy of the fir trees and whatever. So I love that it, it, it made everything pop. And then you saw, I don't know, it just kind of excited your senses. And then the other house was, is amazing on the inside. She had beautiful plants, beautiful. <laughs> If you're going to put plants in, make sure they're healthy. Don't be putting dead stuff in there. I don't know if she bought new or she's just a really good plant grower, but they were, they were inspiring. But they filled their front porch with big moms and little moms, different sizes, pumpkins, because the outside of their house is very, was very plain, but the inside's amazing. But when you walked up the porch and you saw all those plants, it set this mood of excitement for the season, um, anticipation of what you're going to walk through when you get to the door. And it was somebody that, that I, I think it just shows that you care. Mm-hmm. I think it just brings people a feeling of security to go into a house where somebody cared enough. I would say, um, but don't let the flowers or plants take over the space. I always telling my sellers, people don't want to buy your stuff. They want to see your house. They want to buy your house. You get one thing on each wall and that's it. And all the clutter goes away. So 
don't have flowers as a distraction, have it reflect the environment. So it just creates this happy feel and even put small things like in the bathrooms or whatever, create, create continuity within the rooms um, and work with your local nursery and florist. They, they love to help you with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Find somebody you work well with and create a partnership and then support their business. They'll support yours for sure. There's all kinds of um, garden clubs and um, things that you can collaborate with with your florist, you know, whether it's community events, um, invite them to come to your brokerage and do a class on all this stuff. They no, would love to. I'm sure a, they would love to. We have a I local would, um, company or I guess she's a florist she's a plant shop but she does the yeah. classes where you can come in and you know make the pumpkin with the succulents or whatever mm-hmm. but i thought that would be such a great like client event like get your best refers and be like we're gonna Absolutely. go over to the plant place and make you know a little thing for the holiday like for your tablescape for thanksgiving or whatever like, yeah be so absolutely yeah. yeah that's Lots a great idea <laughs> okay stacy this was a delight. It was so lovely. Alyssa's going to run out and buy plants and a tree and just be like. And a tree. Go. I want to hear what you put in there. I know. Me okay. too. We can't wait. Um, you go to your nursery place? and yeah, go to your nursery and talk to the nursery and say, here's, here's how much light it gets. Here's what it's got around it right now. You know, um, here's how big I think I want it to get. And this is how long I want to be looking at it. This okay. is how just, long I want to look at it. I love that. Like, okay. I don't want to be looking at it in 200 years. I don't want to, you know. Right. Right. Needs to be pretty yeah. now-ish. Now. Yeah. Right. Right. In the next That's five cool. years. My gosh. Yeah. All right, Stacy, hit us with your toast. Did you come prepared to post someone? Of course I came. There's only, well, there's a lot of people that make this job better. But the person I'm going to toast is my managing broker, my bestie, my mentor, um, Katrin Crum Duddle. So she was there before she was my managing broker to celebrate when I got my, when I passed the test finally and took me out for dinner and we celebrated and she's been a cheerleader and she keeps me between the lines, you know, I can't do that. I can't do this. And she, there's so much of that in this industry. Um, yeah. And she, she's always answers her phone and she never makes me feel silly for asking kind of some ridiculous questions. <laughs> I should that's probably know the answer too, but yeah, that's wonderful. That's yeah. Tell me her name. What's her first name? Her name's Katrin Crum. <gasps> yeah. K-A-T-R-I-N. It's in your notes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, cheers yeah. to Katrin. We're so yeah. glad that she's just guided you along and been so supportive. That's a good broker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's what you want. Yeah. We're a small brokerage. Yes. (laughs) What's that? The clock's chiming us out now. I know. I know. It's perfect. I love, this was awesome. Thank you for um, talking plants. We like, I liked hearing it. Yeah. You enjoyed it. (laughs) I did enjoy it. Did This was a great December episode. This is a happy, just thinking about plants, talking about, we want to be happy and joyful for the holidays. And then we can give gifts. Plants are great gifts. Like those last minute, you're like running out. Someone's like, just get some of those good Christmassy time, like Christmas cactus. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it. Have right. It I mean, a wreath. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple of wreath making classes where people get their hands in it and make their own and let it reflect their style. And um, that's going to be super fun. So, yeah. And if you have, not to plug, but, you know, if you have um, a grocery store nearby that sells cute little things ready to go, um, yeah, pick those up. I mean, they're a little blooming hyacinth or an amaryllis or you know there's always has them and they're so cute and yeah Mm -hmm. at all right yeah all right well thank you stacy we love thank you girls i did too thank you for being here you guys this has been so much fun and i can't believe that you were like yeah i want to have you on i've been telling everybody you gotta listen great yeah, because you know what? We we really do schedule our guests and our top topics based on what we want to talk about and what we think our listeners want to hear. And we give pitch all kinds of guests that were that want to talk about their book or like no 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 not like you but like who don't have a necessarily have a connection you pitched because you got the email where i'm talking about being a realtor plant lady you're like i am a realtor plant lady like let's connect right so 
we appreciate you being here and we like having our listeners be our guests because yeah. I think that makes it a little bit more like a deeper relationship for everyone who's listening, not just yeah. for us, but I think oh, it's, yeah. it's more approachable that way. We don't mm-hmm. just want somebody who just wrote a book about plants. I'm sure we could have found that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. No, but you should. All these notes. So many notes. You should write a book about plants. Yep. Plants and real estate. Let's okay. grow together. Yeah, there you go. Okay, go get all corny that. marketing. I'm all over <laughs> corny marketing. I love it. Okay, thank you, Stacy. Thank you. Thank okay. you, guys. Okay. Yeah, anytime. Anytime you want to talk plants or flowers. Okay, yes. love it. Okay, bye, Have friend. We'll talk day. later. Okay, bye bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.